Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Pastor David Martins of South Africa. How are you doing today, Pastor Martins? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and good good evening to our listeners across the globe. Pastor, doing very, very well, thanks, in spite of rolling blackouts and, of course, associated with that network problems. However, um power was restored about two hours ago. I don't know if it's going to be uh, cut again within the next half an hour okay. as it had done uh, or as it had been done. Uh, earlier today, every um, also we've had uh, blackouts and also with that uh, deterioration of our networks. But at the moment, very stable and very um, consistent. Okay, which um, is... Which is uh... our, yeah, well, that's good because we've had the opposite. You know, when we try to conduct this show, it's usually the opposite. We suddenly lose power, right? <laughs> so it's good that we have power today. All right. So praise Yahweh for good uh, for good yeah. network connections and etc. So today we're going to tackle a, a very strange problem of translation that occurs, and maybe we can figure this out. It regards Genesis 27, verse 39. And, but I, I need to back up to the point where Isaac blesses Jacob. And we want to compare the language from the blessing of Jacob and the prophecy given by Isaac to Esau, because it is not a blessing. Isaac does not give Esau a blessing. He simply utters a prophecy. So let's back up to Genesis 27. And this is when Jacob impersonates Esau. And this is at verse 26. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son, thinking he was kissing Esau, but he was kissing Jacob instead. So he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his garments because uh, Rebekah had given him garments to wear so he would smell like Esau, and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of a field which Yahweh has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you, be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now this was the statement by Isaac made to Jacob. Thinking it was Esau. Thinking it was Esau, right? But then on the other hand, yeah, 
Well, let me read verse 30. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also prepared savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to him, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said, Who are you? (laughs) Right? And so (laughs) Isaac was befuddled, and so was Esau. He answered, Mm. I am your firstborn Esau. Now, wait a minute. We discussed this last week. You had mentioned the verse, Let Jacob be my firstborn son. Right? Mm. Okay. So this was after the partition of Esau and Jacob. Well, when Esau despised his birthright, that made, and he actually sold it to him, sold it to Jacob in a fair deal, right? Mm. That made Jacob the firstborn son, did it not? Exactly. Yeah. So, So this statement here, your firstborn, well, he may have been born in time sooner, but he was no longer regarded as the elder son because of the fact that he disregarded and despised his birthright. Is that not correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, well Pastor, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. I was of the opinion we were going to talk tonight about the death of the queen and of <laughs> oh. uh, the fact that Ramaphosa is at the moment with Biden uh, and oh, yes. uh, also uh, a, a few other major items. Um, oh, okay. Uh, there was another one, but uh, yeah. we can continue this one. Uh, I think it is. It would be worthwhile talking about the five red heifers that have arrived in in Jewism country as well. Oh, wow. But not okay. tonight. Next week we can talk about that. Okay. Uh, so uh, you, you want to discuss this subject of Jacob and Esau next week? No, uh, no. Or, we or, talk or, about today. We'll talk about today. No. Yeah, and then we'll proceed with yep. uh, your subject next week. Okay. All right. Very good. So, yes, could, yeah. Okay. So then Isaac trembled violently, it says, and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you. I'm not even hungry anymore, Esau. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> and then I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Isaac said, Okay, I can't undo the blessing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I bless Jacob, and that's that. All right, and and then he and and then when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, "Bless me, even also, O my father." But he said, "Your brother came with guile, and he has taken away your blessing." Now, what most Christians and most commentators don't understand is that since he despises his birthright. He did not deserve a blessing. That is Esau. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and almost all theological commentators simply ignore that point that Esau despises yeah. birthright. Okay. Now, we have a very interesting conflict in translation in verse 39 when hmm. he asks him again in verse 38. 
Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even also me, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Verse 39. Here is the critical verse. Because different Bibles translate this verse differently. Okay? I'm going to read it from the King James Version, which is contained in my Esword, which states this. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of the heaven from above. Before we start discussing this translation, let me revert back to verse, the blessing in verse 28 that uh, Isaac gave Jacob. May God give you the dew of the heavens and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. And beyond that, let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brother. So the blessing contained this language. May God give you of the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Now, this is part of the blessing. But Isaac said, I'm not going to bless you like I blessed Jacob. What I have said, how I have blessed Jacob, I, I cannot give you the same blessing. So now let me read it here again from the King James Version. Genesis twenty seven thirty nine and Isaac his father answered and said unto him Behold thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. So this sounds like the exact same language in verse twenty eight. But how does your Afrikaans yeah. how does your Afrikaans translation read regarding verse thirty nine? Pastor, did you want me to read it in Afrikaans? Well, do both, yeah, uh, Afrikaans and English. Toe antwoord sy vader Isaac en sê vir hom, Kyk ver van die vet grond van die aarde sal jou woonplek wees, en ver van die dou van die hemel daarboe. Uh, of course, if I translate that directly, Then answered his father Isaac and said unto him, Oh behold, far from the fat of the earth, um, Actually, far from the fat of the ground of the earth okay. shall be your dwelling place, far from the dew of the heavens above. Okay, but so there is, go ahead. There is a catch. As I mentioned to you before we started the show, Pastor, is that I looked at the 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 Hebrew original, which is given as the original, also in Eastward. Yes. Because the, 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 it's, there's only one Hebrew version in Eastward, and that is the Hebrew with the um, Strong's numbers, right? the Strong's dictionary numbers, and then, of course, the Hebrew without the Strong's uh, dictionary numbers. But I have the Strong's dictionary, or the, the Hebrew with the Strong's dictionary numbers in front of me, also in Eastward. I look at it in parallel, and what I see is that there is no negation in the Hebrew as is stated in the Afrikaans translation. Okay. However. Okay, however. <laughs> All right. However. Um, it can be that this is translated into the Afrikaans as a negation for the sake and the purpose of obscuring the true identity of Esau. Okay. Because so, 
because Esau's descendants have an agenda to hijack the identity of the house of Jacob. Right. Yeah. Vengeance. So, vengeance. So Jacob impersonated Esau, and, and and ever since Esau has been impersonating Jacob. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So what I would say is that in order for the identity of Esau to be obscured on the way that they are presenting themselves today, I mean, even from the 1300s after uh, Cromwell, right. uh, the Jews, the Edomite Jews, started accruing unto themselves all the, uh, the, the trading routes, all the trading routes over land and overseas. Yes. By the Dutch East Indian Company, as well as the English Tea Company, and as well as the Portuguese traders and the Spanish traders, where the Sephardic Jews right. who became Roman Catholic Christians were plying the sea routes and the overland routes in order to accrue unto themselves all the wealth that they today right. um, have. Well, I would say that it's quite possible because this is such a crucial verse that the Hebrew may have been tampered with by the Masoretes. Okay? That is my suspicion. Because let me read what I have in front of me, which is the Revised Standard Version, which reads exactly as your Afrikaans version. Verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword shall you live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you shall break his yoke from off your neck. Now this prophecy in verse 40, we have talked about this several times, having been fulfilled at the Battle of Waterloo, when the Edomite Jewish... Yeah banking family of Rothschild took uh, dominion over uh, the Israelites, the Jacob Israel people in the world. Okay. So, but now we're discussing the actual, what is the correct translation? What is really going on here? Go ahead. Your comment at this point. Okay. Are you there? I hear something. Uh, Yes, Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I, I I just um, turned my microphone off to do a cough. Okay. And then I realized <laughs> when I tried to turn it on again, I turned it off. So yeah, right. Off. Uh, sorry about that, Pastor. But what I want to say is that um, there's always an agenda. Uh, you mentioned the mes- the 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 um, Masoretes. Um, yes. Yeah, that they may have tampered with um, the text. What I have found, I, I have found, but what I have found is um, I have copies of, for example, the um, Textus Receptus, which this is, okay. uh, of the Textus um, um, Leningradus. Uh, I have uh, some of the Textus and Sinaiticus, which are all Hebrew, original or given as Hebrew originals. Also, I have the Aleph Tuf Bible. I don't know if you've ever seen the Aleph Tuf Bible. No. Uh, which makes for an, an extremely interesting comparisons. Okay. Because um, I believe that there are people who, who have done the 
extreme level of research um, pointing out the uh, the desecration of the scriptures by various groups in the past. Right. And the Mesoritic or the Mesoritic uh, texts have been blamed for many of differences in the scripture. Yes. However, many of the Mesoritic, uh, uh, what is indicated to be uh, deception of the Mesorites have in fact been proven as being the faithful of, uh, uh, scriptures and okay. not uh, 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 okay. But, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sure of this portion. Okay, well, here, I just uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure about this particular portion. Uh, I haven't compared it yet, and it would be worthwhile because, as you know, yes. I'm busy correcting the African scriptures to be in line with what the, yes. the original Hebrew scriptures state. Well, I and think that so. The, this will this item will be going. On. Yeah. Well, I think that the Afrikaans translation okay. is the correct one, and uh, point number one being this, because Isaac is not going to bless Esau with the same blessing that he gave Jacob. So therefore, if you delete the word away from, the verse thirty nine would read, "Behold, the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling," which was the exact blessing given to Jacob. Now, uh, Isaac says, I'm not going to yes. bless you. So, so why is the blessing repeated here? And then the same, likewise, and the dew of the mm. earth uh, on high. Well, the, this revised standard uh, version states, Behold, away yeah. from the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of the heaven on high, which logically follows from the fact that Isaac said, I'm not going to bless you. I already blessed Jacob, and that's the only blessing I'm going to give. Yes. All right? So logically, the away from portion is correct. Now, here's yeah. several others. Here's several others. The NIV, his father, Isaac, answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, richness, away from the dew of heaven above, the ESV, Likewise, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven. Now, remember that the Edomites uh, were uh, were confined to the mountainous areas of Seir, which is definitely away from the fertile fields of Palestine, right? Okay? They were sheep herders and goat herders and cattle herders. They weren't farmers. The Jews have never been farmers, and we know that the modern-day Jews are the descendants of Esau. Verse 39, again, yeah. from the, oh, now this is the KJV, that word, which says, Thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven. No negation mm. here. All right. But now the NASB includes the negation. Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling and away from the dew of the heaven mm. from above. And likewise, the NLT, I, I posted mm. this link in the chat room giving yeah. uh, seven or eight or nine translations which include the, the negation, okay? So this is a real problem for for translation. Now, here is the, here is the explanation given in this, in this website here, okay? Esau, crying in despair, has asked Isaac to bless him in any way possible, in spite of the fact that nearly all of the blessing has been given to Jacob. Genesis 27, 27 through 29. 
Now Isaac responds, but it doesn't sound like a blessing. Isaac had blessed Jacob with the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth, perhaps referring to the successful growing of well-watered crops and successful herds of animals. Now he confers on Esau what appears to be the exact opposite of this. He tells Esau that his dwelling will be away from the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven. Perhaps this describes the nomadic life of a wandering tribe. Yeah, and uh, people whom Yahweh has not blessed. Mm. Well, what's the dew of heaven? Yeah, isn't that a yes. metaphor for the, uh, you know, the the holy scriptures and the knowledge of the holy scriptures, which Esau never wanted to believe in anyway? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, Bosta, uh, it seems uh, every so often. Yeah. Um, what I what I do think is that there is a definite agenda in what we see here, um, as the, the Edomites always have an agenda. Yes. And could it not be that they they actually hiding their true identity as being those that have um, received this one particular blessing in which they have excelled in exploiting and which they have accrued. Yes. Um, especially when one looks at the way in which these Edomite Kazarians have taken or they uh, hijacked the caravans, the camel caravans that the house of Jacob used to trade with between Europe and the East and the Far East. And of course, with the Edomite Kazarians laying them into uh, or leading them into uh, uh, law. Yes, yes. Uh, into threat and, and hijacking the camel um, caravans and of course uh, doing the trade and killing the house of Jacob and uh, the, the trade as if they had been doing it all along. Yes. Now, of course, um, in the uh, early mid Middle Ages, uh, that was exactly what the uh, Ottomans and the uh, Mongols did with the Khazarians. Uh-huh. That was why they also started moving to Iberia, to, to Spain and Portugal. Yes, yeah, so uh, the... Uh, Make well, use of the... Even right. around at the Cape, in, in, in the trade. Yeah, no, so... Uh, we need to be clear that there's no doubt that the international Jew, okay, we, we've lost connection. Uh, there's no doubt that the international Jew who are Edom, yeah, yeah, we lost connection there. Uh, so I was I was just commenting on your... your Let me try it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry for the constant interruptions here, folks. Uh, it sounded like we got them back. Let me check my uh, Skype, see if the, uh, yeah, okay, we lost him completely now. Let me see if I can get him back. Because this is a really important, okay. Okay. Oops, lost him again. (laughs) Let me try one more time. All right, uh, hold on, folks. Skype is not cooperating today. Let me see if we get reconnected here. Let's try again. 
is not wanting to call. So I guess there's a, uh, there's a real problem with our connection. So David, if you're hearing me, call back again when you get a chance. All right. So, but now let me go through the rest of the verse here. Verse 40. By your sword shall you live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Okay, so this is the big prophecy that all Bible scholars, that all Bible scholars, except those of us in identity, have missed. And let's see if we can get David back again. I'll just type him a message. Call again, because for some reason, my call to you aren't going through. So, and then it says, Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, quote, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then will I kill my brother Jacob. All right? Thus fulfilling the prophecy of, By your sword shall you live. And throughout history, even though the Edomites have been the servants of the house of Jacob, throughout most of history, the Edomites, being a very low population, never were able to equal us in military strength. Nevertheless, the Edomites did live by their swords and were were highwaymen and robbers, etc., etc., and that's how they made their living, even uh, up until the days of Christ. Okay, and uh, but uh, up until the days of Christ, they became, let's call it, uh, evil interpreters of Scripture, and they would hire other people to do their murdering and killing for them. You know, because their money they had accrued so much money that they no longer had to be carriers of swords. And they were really unable to defend themselves in the Middle Ages against us. But nevertheless, they were able to make war by proxy. That's what I'm trying to get at. They were able to make war against us and the rest of the world by proxy. And this is what, of course, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were doing to the Boer people and the Dutch East India, British East India companies, also controlled by Jews, were doing as well. They were making war by proxy. So they were still living by the sword. It was just they had the money to purchase mercenary help. Okay? So this prophecy has been totally fulfilled in Esau. Totally fulfilled in Esau because we know that today they make war by proxy. So let me continue. I guess we the network just isn't cooperating today. And let me see. Yeah, I typed him a message, call again, but something seems to be wrong, and we're not able to call one another. All right, so let me continue here. But the words of Esau, her older son, were that's, I will kill my brother Jacob. Rebecca heard these words coming out of the mouth of Esau. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, 
until your brother's anger turns away and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and fetch you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? So she was afraid that they would kill each other. And certainly Esau would have killed Jacob, given the opportunity. So, uh, all right, so what I'm going to do here, folks, I'm just going to shut down my Skype and reopen it, and hopefully I can uh, reconnect with uh, Brother David with a refreshed page on, on Skype. See what happens. Okay. Apparently not. Okay. Yeah, we're still streaming. Let's see if perhaps, you know, yeah, we're still streaming. So uh, I don't understand why Skype won't connect all of a sudden. So let me just continue. So, why should I be bereft of you both in one day? And then verse 46, a very important, this last verse of Genesis 27. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women such as these, what one of the women of the land, what good will my life do to me or be to me? So obviously another crime that Esau committed was he married outside of his race. And Rebekah is ex- expressing her objection to this marriage of Esau to these two Hittite women. Then now this is chapter 28, verse 1. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him, quote, you shall not marry one of the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padanaram to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as a wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. Okay, so Jacob is blessed again by Isaac. So here's the issue I have with verse 39, that without the words away from, in the, in the two uh, portions of this verse, it sounds like he is, Esau is being blessed with the same blessing given to Jacob. This is why I believe that the away from translation is the correct one because that stands in marked contrast to the blessing given to uh, Jacob earlier in verse 28. So I personally believe that something uh, ha- has been messed with <laughs> in this verse, in verse 39. But then it makes the question even more important. Why should we have such a discrepancy between the negation translations versus the positive translations. To me, only the negation translation works or makes any sense. Because here again, we see, we do not see Isaac conferring a blessing on Esau ever. All right, he says, have you not reserved a blessing for me? In verse 36, Esau asks, Isaac answered Esau, behold, I have made him your Lord, and all his brothers have I given to him for servants, and with grain and wine have I sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? (laughs) Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. But Isaac refuses to bless him. 
Nevertheless, the translation of verse 39 without the negation seems to be a blessing. So with all of these attempts by Isaac to not bless Esau, verse 39 seems without the negation to bless him. So this is a real problem of translation, and I'm wondering if anybody uh, has actually investigated whether or not the Septuagint translation contains the negation or not. That would be interesting. But now, discussing again verse verse 41. Now, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then will I kill my brother Jacob. Now, this vengeance, this attitude of vengeance by Esau continues in the Jewish people today who are, as we speak, trying to destroy us through Israel with COVID, with constant international warfare. Now, the Jews, the Edomites, did not have this type of power against us until the fulfillment of the prophecy made by Isaac to Esau, that one day you will break his, that is Jacob's, yoke from off your neck. And this is something not addressed by the vast majority of theologians and all Bible commentators. They, they simply ignore this, this, uh, this prophecy that Esau will break the yoke of Jacob. All right? And so, and this is, try to find the verse here. I'm not used to reading the revised version, revised standard version. But nevertheless, the prophecy states that Esau will one day break the yoke of Jacob from off his neck. So the question is, when? When does that happen? And the the vast majority of Bible commentators utterly ignore this prophecy. So let me go back into Esword, where... And, and then also in Genesis 27:40, and by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And of course, the Edomites have served Jacob Israel for generations until 1815, when the Edomite Jewish clan of Rothschilds was able to break the yoke, the break the power. Remember, there's also a prophecy that the power of the holy people shall be scattered. Now, how how was the scattering accomplished? It was accomplished by the numerous wars staged by the Rothschilds against and employing the people of true Israel, Jacob Israel, in modern times. And that that began with the Napoleonic Wars which ended at the Battle of Waterloo. And at the end of the Battle of Waterloo, the House of Rothschild became so immensely wealthy that they were able to take over. First of all, part of that uh, situation was the demise of the Holy Roman Empire and the, the line of descent from David of all of the kings and queens, the royal houses of Europe. 
the demise of the royal houses of Europe began with the fall of uh, Napoleon at Waterloo. So even though the the other royal houses of Europe, including Russia and Germany and France, uh, even though those nations still had a royal house, although the French royal house really was a, a sham afterwards. There was no direct line of descent from uh, Louis the Fourteenth, if I have the number correct, the, the one who was beheaded. That uh, Napoleon put put an end to the royal house of France, and the revolution put an end to the royal house of France. Nevertheless, the other royal houses of Europe continued. But they began to fall one after another, including the Kaiser of Germany, the Tsar of Russia. We still have royal houses, and the, the Britain is the latest one to, uh, you know, the last one of really any great significance. Uh, there is a royal house in Sweden and Montenegro and I think Denmark. So the royal houses have not totally disappeared. But the biggest ones, the Russian and German, were uh, eliminated by World War One. And of course, the, the the British throne has been controlled by the Rothschilds since the Bank of England was created in 1694. So this prophecy that you shall break his yoke from off your neck is totally fulfilled. And that's contained in verse 40. By your sword shall you live and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you, you shall break his yoke from your neck. And so if you don't understand that the Jews are Edom and that they began breaking the yoke of Jacob off their necks at the Battle of Waterloo with the rise of the Rothschilds, you will never understand the nature of this prophecy and how it has been fulfilled. So today, just before the second coming, we are in total bondage yet again but this time to Esau, the international Jew. And the vast majority of theologians simply do not understand. Either they overlook the prophecy contained in Genesis 27.40, or if they don't overlook it, they don't understand it because they assume that the Jews are the Israel of the Bible and therefore cannot possibly understand this prophecy. Okay, This is an extremely important prophecy. And then, of course, Esau violated Yahweh's laws by marrying into the Hittite race. And those Hittites were of the northernmost branch of the Canaanites, the closest to Turkey, and became the, the Turco, as Pastor Martins mentioned earlier, the Turco Mongolian people, right? The Turco Mongolian people who were actually, by the days of, uh, the Khazars were already uh, converting to Islam, but not totally. The Islam uh, hordes under Muhammad tried to subdue the Khazars, but failed because because Joseph Bulan, their king at the time, had to decide between the, the Ottoman Turks and their Islamic religion, and, of course, the... Uh, the Eastern Roman Empire and the uh, Orthodox faith. They had to decide between those two. But he was 
this was a major conflict because if he decided to, for one or the other, then the other, the one not chosen, would become his enemy. And he didn't want to have that happen. So he called upon some rabbis, some Hittite slash Edomite rabbis, to teach Judaism to his people, and thereby he, he avoided having to choose between the Ottoman Empire and the Eastern, Eastern Empire. And that's history, folks. And if you're not aware of this history as to how these Khazars became Jews by religion, and certainly not Judahites or Israelites by race, if you're not aware of this history, then you cannot understand Scripture. So, But this adoption of Judaism by the Khazars paved the way for the Rothschilds to gain control of the world post the Battle of Waterloo, post the Napoleonic Wars. And this this revolves into many different prophecies. So let me go into the book of Revelation, where it continues this story, Revelation chapter 20. Again, if you don't understand that we are the Israelites of the Bible and the Jews are imposters, the Edomites pretending to be Israel, if you don't understand these prophecies, then you will be confused, confounded, as, of course, the world has been since the Jews adopted this ploy that this Israeli state is, in fact, the fulfillment of prophecy. No, it's not. It's not a prophecy for Israel. It's a prophecy for Esau. This is part of how the Edomite Jews have gained control over the Israel nations because we falsely believe that that stinking mess hole in the Middle East is somehow the reestablishment of the nation of Israel. No, the nation of Israel ex- existed. Now, at simultaneously, the Jews have admitted consistently for the last 1,900 years that they did not have a nation. They were always servants to Jacob Israel because they, they were not given this blessing of Genesis 27, 28. May God give you of the dew of the fatness of the earth. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and you may, may your mother's sons bow down to you. This is a blessing given to Jacob. And up until the Napoleonic Wars, this blessing obtained. We, the true Israelites of the world, the Anglo-Saxon Israelites of the world, had the dominion over the whole world. And it looked like that was going to continue forever until kingdom come, until, of course, the Edomites broke our yoke from off their necks. By what? By high finance. And that's, what's the high finance? It's mystery Babylon, as explained in Revelation chapter 18, 19 and 20. So let me just go into Revelation 19. Again, we see that we're going to, we're going to confront, we're going to confront Edom in the person of Mystery Babylon. All right, let me go back to chapter 18 because uh, we need to set the stage here. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and, and the earth 
was lightened with his glory, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird, which is what we have today. We have total degeneracy, practically the world over, with only a few pockets of righteousness where the Israel people, the faithful Israel people, can be found. Otherwise, this planet has been turned over to the devil in the person of the international Jews. And verse 3 confirms this. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I'm going to jump quickly forward to verse 23, which was just fulfilled in our eyes and ears recently with covid Because verse 23, and of course we're being asked to rejoice over the demise of Mystery Babylon, but that demise has not happened yet. Verse 21, I'll I'll pick it up. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. This is picking up the utter destruction of Edom prophesied in Obadiah. Verse 22, And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no no craftsman of whatsoever craft shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. In other words, there will be a total collapse of this end-time mystery Babylon system. Now, verse 23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bribe shall be heard no more in thee, at all in thee, for thy merchants were by thy sorceries, oh, for by the sorceries. Let me read this latter half again. For by thy merchants were the great men of the earth, For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And of course, sorceries comes from the Greek word pharmakia. So it's telling us that there will come a time that by pharmakia, all nations will be deceived. And that took place with COVID and the forced vaccination or the incentivization of vaccination by the Great Reset, by the Rothschilds and all their minions, which, of course, they control the medical establishment as well. Verse 24, And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth, which is actually a recapitulation of the charge that Yahshua Messiah laid upon the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, where Yahshua blames the Pharisees and their bloodline of all the murders from Cain, from Abel being murdered by Cain, down to Zechariah in his day. So he blames their bloodline for all those murders. And here, Revelation 18.24, blames the same bloodline for the deaths 
of all of the innocent people that were slain upon the earth up to this point in time. So, folks, we are really close to the very end. It can't get much closer. I don't know what additional tricks the Rothschilds have up their sleeves, but we're the only thing they're going to try to starve us out. They're going to try to freeze us out this winter time because Europe is in for a long, hard, cold winter, and maybe those of us in America as well. So we're expecting a, a La Nina experience here in America, which would suggest a warming trend for this winter. But it doesn't look like Europe is going to be benefiting from any warming trend this winter. And gas prices, fuel prices, the cost of heating homes is already a problem in Europe. And it can only get worse with the continuation of this another, another fake war between Russia and Ukraine, which in my opinion has been totally staged by the Rothschilds for the purpose of blaming Putin and blaming Russia for the high energy costs that they're experiencing now. So we can see that all this has been orchestrated. This morning, uh, Michael and I talked about how the Tavistock Institute has been orchestrating all of the conflicts and all of the propaganda since 1905. And the Rothschilds have had total control of media and therefore the flow of information since that day. So we are totally, I mean, this planet is totally, it's an ocean of lies that we have to somehow break through and get our people to understand the truth of Scripture rather than these Jewish lies that have been like a shroud, a cloud, that, that no light shines through it except for the light of Christian identity. That's the only light that shines through this cloud of lies. So we have to persist and make sure our people understand that the, we are Israel and the Jews are imposters. Okay, so that's verse 24. Let's go into chapter 19. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord of our, our Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged a great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. So this is the great day that we're hoping for, that we're praying for, that the Bible says will happen. And the only question we have is how much worse can it get post-COVID? What else can the, then the house of Rothschild and their minions do to us that they haven't already done? And you would have to include in pharm- pharmacia, the sorceries of pharmacia, transgender surgeries, because our people have been befuddled, flummoxed, buffaloed, by Rockefeller allopathic medicine, thinking that is the only legitimate way that medicine can be practiced. They can't be doing these things to us out of ill will or out of malice. Yes, they are doing these things out of malice because they are corrupting, they have corrupted the medical establishment 
by leaps and bounds since 1905. No doubt about that. That's when the big push to vaccinate everybody began with World War I and the so-called Spanish flu, which was actually caused by the Rockefeller jab in those days. And so Bill Gates is simply the continuation of that fake medicine called vaccination today. And, of course, Bill Gates and the Rockefellers have been working hand-in-glove here in America with that fake medicine ever since. So this is what we're dealing with in these end times. And so we can see that transgender surgery, uh, cutting the wombs out of teenage girls, and cutting the penises or testicles off of boys so they can pretend to be another gender, this, is, this gender confusion is part of the same agenda that our people have been having to endure for all this time, since 1815. So the question we have to ask is, when will our people wake up? When will they get this? And as long as there is false religion, the false prophet of the book of Revelation is operative in our minds, they won't wake up. So we have to keep the faith and keep preaching this over and over again until they finally understand. Okay? And verse 3, And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. So if, if, this, if this evil operation called the satanic agenda of Esau, the synagogue of Satan, should ever try to surface again, we, true Israel, with our now heavenly powers, given our, given our glory bodies, we'll be able to recognize any such thing occurring again and nip it in the bud. So this is the extent of how Mystery Babylon will have grown until these very end times. The only other thing I can think of that the you know, their agenda on their agenda is the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, because, well, it's part of pharmacia, isn't it? Because they are, they are implanting a biological computer, right, into our DNA so that they can read our body. They can read our body and send signals back and forth between our DNA, the mRNA vaccine, the patent of which was given to Bill Gates, in which he says very explicitly that the purpose of this patent is to install an operating system into the people who receive the jab. How much worse can it possibly get? They want total control of our bodies. They've got total control of most people's minds already through propaganda and control of newspapers, etc., etc., but they won't rest with that as long as they have the technological means to control our bodies. They will do that and they will pursue that. Therefore, we must resist these jabs to the bitter end and we must encourage our fellow Israelites and everybody that believes in truth and justice to resist the jab. That is the one light I see at the end of this tunnel is that more and more people are beginning to resist the jab and not buying into the mark of the beast. 
For if you take this mark of the beast, then you will be allowed to buy or sell. But if you don't take the, the mark of the beast, they won't allow you to buy or sell. That's the game plan. It, it's not going very well for them because there are too many people resisting the jab. So when too many people resist, then they have to start using force and or, as we can see, manipulate the weather to freeze us out and starve us out. Those are the only last two gambits. Of course, they can take all our money away and prevent us from buying food and buying heating oil for our homes. They're going to pull out every possible trick that they can to get us to knuckle under. So we have to resist to the bitter end. And then after this is the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is only and exclusively for Israel and no one else. So this marriage supper is with the remnant of the 145,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel that we may establish the kingdom right here on earth. Okay? And follow up verses 20 and 21 and the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, which is all kinds of false religion, Catholicism, Lutheranism has been corrupted. Oh, virtually every religion on the planet has been corrupted by the international Jew and no longer teaches the original doctrines. And the false prophet was all false religion on the planet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image which I believe is television and propaganda, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. That fire will consume our enemy. The best thing we can do, as the scriptures say, is come out of Babylon and resist the mark of the beast to the bitter end. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Bye-bye.